2: All right, my talkers, Thursday, July 29th, it's hot, it's a little smoky outside, but we've got some fun Hollywood news for you. Will Smith might be going for an Oscar, and we've got Lori's Theories coming up in just a little bit.
3: Okay, so they showed this uh, trailer of Will Smith um, shining, really, as Serena and Venus's dad in, the movie is called King Richard. Yep. And so GMA showed the trailer, Holly posted it for us, and uh, it looks amazing. First of all, it's coming out in November. And the legend goes that Richard Williams, Serena and Venus's dad, was Mm -hmm. watching television one day and he ended up watching a women's tennis match. And he watched until the end for the trophy presentation and the handing out of the prize money. And when he heard the amount of money women's tennis players were making, he decided right then and there that his daughters were going to learn how to play tennis. He'd never had any real formal training as a tennis player or coach, but he studied the game and he studied how to game the game. And he came up with a 78 page plan to make his daughters into tennis champions before they were even born. Yeah. He took little Venus and little Serena to the cracked public courts of Compton for hours, teaching them technique, ground strokes, serves, backhands, movement, everything, the motivation. And there are other parts of the story, but, um, uh, it just looked, um, it looks amazing. It I mean, does. this looks like Oscar material for, uh, uh, you And know, Tony Goldwyn
1: from, um, you know. Scandal. Scandal is, I think he plays the agent or the manager. So he's in this as well in Dylan McDermott. And um, it looks really good. And it the, looks so good. The other thing that you see in the trailer when you watch
3: it is that, He And Richard Williams is still alive. He was just on a practice court with Venus this month, but he's had, um, he's in poor health. He's had a few strokes, but he prepared them for, he was politically savvy and knowing that the white tennis established would not welcome these two girls with open arms. And he prepared them for that as well and prepared them to stand up for themselves and to win, 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 win. So... Julia, I think we this is gonna oh, be a to movie we're gonna go crazy for. It looks so good. So we posted it, take a look, but
1: you know, because you used to see him always on in the stands mm-hmm. with the family. And mm-hmm. and later in the, his daughter's career, he's taken a less visible role and taken up other interests. But um he divorced their mom. Yeah, oh, and yeah. So other things have happened. Um, and he married a woman that was a year older than Venus. So that's always hard for a family to take it, you know, when that happens. And then they had a well, Serena child. Serena
3: only hired a full-time coach when she was 30. Otherwise, it was her mm-hmm. dad all those it years. It was her dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be, I'm excited for this. Same. Same. It just looks they like They have an Oscar amazing material. story. Yes, yes, it does.
3: And um, now the other big news in Hollywood is it is war. Scarlett Johansson has sued Disney over Black Widow streaming because it was supposed to only have a theatrical run so natasha romanoff is very mad you guys that of course is the black widow she is suing disney marvel claiming that um by doing the simultaneous release on disney plus and in the theaters it violated her contract and cut into box office receipts, which is her back-end deal. Oh, got it, got and it, And that they it. intentionally induced the Marvel's breach of the agreement without justification in order to prevent Miss Johansson from realizing the full benefit of her bargain with Marvel, the suit says. And the Wall Street Journal broke this story today. This is war.
1: This is war. She was supposed to earn an additional compensation on top of the $20 million she received for the film.
3: This is also brave of Scarlett Johansson because say- she's taking a chance of cutting off doing business with all of Disney, which is Marvel, Lucasfilms, Searchlight, and various offshoots of 20th Century Fox. And um, Black Widow has made just $158 million domestically and a total worldwide of $318 million. And it's, it's possible it could have made over 200 million in the US if it had just been in theaters. Sure, right, so, right. what if everyone starts doing this? I have no idea. But um, the law firm that's uh, representing Scarlett said this will surely not be the last case where Hollywood talent stands up to Disney and makes it clear that whatever the company may pretend it has a legal obligation to honor its contract. So in their contract with her, it was only a right. theatrical release.
1: And the, the what they're saying mm-hmm. is when they decided to put it on Disney Plus, the projected cost to Miss Johansson is more than 50 million dollars in losses. So. so that's huge. Good for her. Yes. Yeah, so. I think it's I think that's interesting because also when so many people saw it when it first... Because people will pay the big bucks on Disney Plus because you get your family around. It was supposed to be a great movie and you all pay the $30 or whatever it is that she's not getting anything for. Right. And then the second week box office just took a nosedive. Right. Well, and remember when she
3: would have signed this contract, you know, this would st- have been would pre-streaming be streaming and everything. And all of that. And she's so. made
1: nine Marvel movies. Yeah. Because she's been in all of them. So. I'm
3: sure she's getting bouquets today from a lot of Hollywood people because there have been other people... Actors that have said the same thing, that they're upset that they're simultaneous streaming and theatrical release because of how the deals are structured and all of that. And that's
1: something that we haven't thought about, you know, And, and that's a big financial deal to people.
3: Yes, it is. So good for her. All right. I did a little digging, Julia, about the Venice Film Festival because they did announce their full lineup, but I still haven't figured out if they're doing the last duel or not. Right. But Kristen Stewart will be at the Venice Film Festival. And if it's anything like the Cannes Film Festival, we're going to have even more glamour, better red carpet. Um, I don't know. Returning though. to the Lido. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, they'll do what they did in Cannes. Spit, spit, spit. They make right, everybody right, test, right. test, test, test. But the movie that Kristen Stewart is playing, Princess Diana, the movie is called Spencer. Okay. And earlier this year, we saw photos of Kristen Stewart as... Princess Diana, in, to generate interest, and it was amazing how much they looked alike. Right. And um, Pablo Lorraine directed this movie, and I guess she was spotted um, leaving her stylist's uh, place in the Hollywood Hills, and Venice Film Festival is a month away and you know might be planning her looks.
1: Sure and she looks she is always beautiful on a red carpet I mean she has really edgy cool looks she Mm -hmm. was Gucci she wasn't Gucci who was she for a while Dior who was Kristen Stewart she
3: She was Chanel Chanel that's it and she still might be Chanel but um, anyway and so take you know we'll we'll try and figure out if the last duel is going to be in Venice because that would be a benefit for sighting but we want Ben and Jen to have their red carpet debut at the Met Gala just like they did The first time around. That is the first time we saw them on the red carpet, you know.
1: It was that when she was in the mint green? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Off the shoulder.
3: Kind of Jackie O. Caftan. Yep. 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 And then uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, is going to play Emmett Till's grandmother and produce the upcoming movie called Till. Oh. So that's happening. And if you don't know, 1955, a black teenager, Emmett Lewis Till, was murdered in Mississippi Because he supposedly whistled at a white woman. And um, uh, anyway, just absolutely terrible. But his mom insisted that there be an open casket. And it was the front cover of like Ebony and Jet. Because she wanted America to see what happened to her 13-year-old. So this is Whoopi's... um, uh, She's producing. She's acting in it. And um, she's waited a very long time to do this movie. So she's pretty... Pretty excited, and it's uh, MGM. Okay, um, Okay.
1: let me go back to Mm -hmm. the Scarlett Johansson suing Disney. They have fired back, and they have said there is no merit whatsoever in this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing for its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID. Turn that on her of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black. widow on Disney plus with premier access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the 20 million she has already received. Well, I
3: told you this was war. This is war by her doing it. They worked all at worked all morning and afternoon on that uh, statement right there. They couldn't have been more shocked to have gotten those that, uh, that, uh, you know, you've been served. Here's your lawsuit. Wow. Yeah, no, it's war. Yep. It's war Mm -hmm. is what that is. Um, you know, and we'll pay attention to it. <laughs> we really will. Um, And then uh, today in, duh, in Hollywood, Brad Pitt and Angelina's ongoing divorce uh, is costing them
1: so much, so money. much money. It's so ridiculous.
3: So they've been battling it out in court since 2016. Oh, come on. And guess what? All those billable hours are building up and they are making for some big, big legal Can you bills. just
1: think of how much money they are? That is just, What a waste.
3: Yeah, Los Angeles divorce attorney Mark Vincent Kaplan uh, was asked to weigh in on what does he estimate that Jolie and Pitt have spent. Right. And he said it would now be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not in the millions, uh, on litigation. And, um, you know, Judge Odenkirk, the judge who originally granted Brad a temporary 50-50 custody split, was recently removed from the custody case case over ethical breaches when he failed to disclose that he was working on other cases involving Brad's legal team. So Brad's custody, temporary custody, is null dull, null, and void. So they're basically starting over oh, from
1: scratch. Oh, this is just... So this, this gives is, me the hives. Oh, I know. This gives me anxiety he said, hearing these two people fight over... Mark Vincent Kaplan said there's wow. nothing
3: more expensive than a hotly contested custody dispute. I'm sure oh. both of these and people Tressler would be going crazy if these were her clients. Yeah, and he said,
1: uh, you know, maybe that's why she wants to sell Chateau Mirabelle. Maybe she needs the cash to pay her legal bills. Well, they, it doesn't sound like they're putting the kids first. It sounds like these two are putting their own selfish wants in front of everything else. Yeah, and he can't pay, but pay her out. He's got his legal bills Yes, to pay. he does. So, wow. Jeez. Those catch, two. Catch
3: 22, too much drama. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, It's <let's laughs>
3: time up. for the dirt. Yeah, well, it is time for the dirt. We'll be right back.
2: Thanks is a My Talk Dirt Alert.
3: Dirt
1: Alert, Dirt Alert,
3: Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert. Hey, Holly.
0: Hello. Hello. What do we have today? Oh. Well, this afternoon you know i wanted to follow up on a story we did at the three o'clock dirt alert update talking about netflix cracking down on vaccines mm-hmm. for their workers well broadway's doing the same thing a new agreement on broadway with the actors equity association and the broadway league they're saying COVID vaccines are mandated for broadway workforce in this new deal there's going to be weekly testing so you know the arts, they want to get back to work. They do. And that's we the all only all want to get back yeah. to everything. And exactly. um, all these
3: people who think that they know more than science, I don't know why they don't listen to their doctors. Uh, we would not get rid of polio. We would not get rid of uh, measles or smallpox with this attitude of going on that all of a sudden Joe Blow knows uh, all this stuff about MRA and how vaccines work. And let's get rid of this thing. Yes. You know?
0: Yes. I mean, this is why people are having to mandate it, because people aren't doing the right thing. Yes. So, Broadway, Netflix, we'll see. Hooray. What other people are going to be doing as we move forward here. Now, this is a little question that uh, I'm curious if you guys are interested. We're getting another reboot. uh, Well, actually, a sequel. A television sequel to a big bomb of a movie, Waterworld, starring oh, Kevin Costner. Oh, oh,
1: okay. When that was being made, because we were so oh, in love with Kevin Costner yeah. at the time, like he was everything. Well, dances with Wolves. Oh, he was everything. Is he involved in the sequel? Not as
0: of yet. But um, uh, I Kevin I don't know Car- why
1: they're doing this. <laughs> so,
0: yes, well, Waterworld came out in 1995, the height of Kevin Costner, right? Oh, beyond. Beyond. Yep. So this movie, A Famous Bomb, about a world covered in water. So this is going to be taking place 20 years after the original movie. Now, I, maybe Kevin Costner is going to be involved in this. Maybe he's not. No word yet. But it's happening at least it's in development all right right now so this would be happening for Universal Grant, uh, you want this to happen
2: I loved the first one I am really? such a... all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey Stephen Deaner hosted the unidentified alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or Uap for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that I bring them all
3: Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: Geek about the first one. Everybody, a lot of people hated it. I am a geek about it. I love it. So all if right. we could get Kevin for the second, I'm okay. all in.
0: All right. Well, he's currently busy doing Yellowstone and coming to the state fair, playing in the grandstand with his band. So. And, and tickets are available.
3: People are not really thinking about the fair for some of their concert things, but he's doing music conversation. And um, I can't
1: wait. I know. Grant is working on getting him um, to come out to the fair. <laughs> oh, fabulous. sit with us. Oh, or, or you know, Already or for inspired. you to- or yeah. you, or we for, have these jobs, <laughs> these kind of levels that Grant yeah. has to these plateaus right. where he has to reach, mm-hmm. but that's his first one, and he's right. fired if it doesn't happen. Good luck
0: to you, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Kevin Costner sitting, and then Julia, you can sit on Kevin Costner. Get on <laughs> up, girl. Giddy up, girl. That's right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of music, this sounds fun. It's going to be happening next year in Las Vegas, the Lovers and Friends Festival. This is a festival being put on by Live Nation, and if you like, 90s and early 2000s hip-hop and R&B, this is going to be the concert for you. Lauren Hill, Ludacris, TLC, Timbaland, Sierra, Nelly, Neo, Ashanti, Ja Rule, Brandy, Monica, Akon, T-Pain, Little Kim, Sean Paul, Fabulous, and Eve wow are wow. all going to be performing at this festival. Tickets start at $175. So, Is it like a three day
3: weekend? They're cheaper than
1: Hootie Fest. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: Is it uh, like a three day weekend or something? It does it go over like that kind of a thing?
0: Uh, no, I think this is just going to be a one-day one, giant a festival. A one-day? Holy crap. Well, now, this was originally planned for May of 2020 last mm. year in Los Angeles, but, you know, things were canceled last year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be moving it to Las Vegas. This sounds like a lot of fun. So if you want to do that, tickets go on sale on presale August 2nd if you're planning your schedule. All right. uh, controversial wardrobe choice on the set of and Just Like That, the Sex in the City sequel People are not happy that Carrie Bradshaw is wearing Forever 21. Oh, come on. Who cares? <laughs> well, but didn't Carrie always mix high and low? She
1: always did.
0: Yes, she did. You are exactly right. So on the set of And Just Like That, Carrie Bradshaw is wearing a, a quite a cute little ple- a peasant dress, like a maxi dress. And she's wearing a denim shirt underneath it. And then obviously she's wearing some kind of a, a high-end heel. She's mixing high and low. Yeah. People are kind of crabby about it.
3: Oh, geez. That's she. That was That's, always a significant. They sure don't know who she is. Yeah, that was always the yep. signature
0: look. I think.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Seven hundred dollar pair of shoes, thirty dollar skirt. Right. Well, and that's how people dress. In that real, is how people dress in real life. You wear you wear some fancy
0: stuff, then you wear some stuff that's a little budget, and you mix it all together. Forty years after Charles and Diana got married, you can have a piece of their wedding cake. What? It's, Stop! <laughs> it's a piece of cake from their wedding going up for auction. It's a twenty-eight ounce slice of cake from the day Prince Di- Prince Charles and Princess Diana, Lady Diana,
1: got married. And it's whose a- freezer has this been sitting in? And how do we know if it hasn't? The electricity didn't go out one or two times. It's oh. spoiled. <laughs> well, I don't think you want to
0: eat this, but it's actually kind of within a realistic budget if you want to buy it. It's going on for auction August eleventh. The piece of cake, maybe about seven hundred dollars. That's it. I wonder who's selling it. Um, well, we are, you know, I don't know who this belongs to, but it was sold to a collector already back in 2008. That collector is putting it up for auction. So it's changed hands a couple of times and uh, you will be able to buy it through Dominic Winter Auctioneers. And the auctioneer says that the slice of cake appears to be in exactly the same good condition as when it was originally sold. But we advise against eating it. You Mm. guys have your wedding cake in a freezer? No.
1: I put it in there. Did you? Yeah.
0: But I mean, it was like a month ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm not going to eat it. That's Ooh. gross. Oh no,
1: I took slice after slice after slice because I had the most delicious almond cake, and I would just take a little thin slice and cheat and have it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you so supposed to eat it
1: on your anniversary? Yeah, you're supposed to. Yeah, on your first anniversary. I didn't have any by then. Well, hopefully, <laughs> I wouldn't got a Dairy Queen cake. I
0: mean, isn't that the way to go? Delicious.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to eat it. might have freezer
0: burn or might smell like weird freezer things. I mean, we'll see. I'll open it and I'll do a sniff test. How's about that? It's surprisingly that they hold up. Yeah. Kristen Bell is sharing her thoughts on her six-year-old daughter's name, Delta. I thought this was funny. (laughs) She said that her daughter being named Delta is a big, big bummer. Because Mm. right now we are experiencing some complications with the Delta variant of COVID-19. She said uh, she's really hoping that it won't be as strong as the original, the Delta variant. People will, you know, she just doesn't want her daughter to be in the crosshairs of the cultural moment right now. So,
3: well, imagine being Delta Airlines. It's not bothering them. Just you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Little little Delta shepherd
0: yes exactly and uh let's move on from that something else making headlines i know it's a visual thing but fred durst from limp biscuit has gone viral of all things he has gone viral this afternoon because he has a big mustache and what looks to be like a big old hair head of white hair but it kind of
3: looks
1: like a wig he kind of looks like david spade yeah he kind of looks like hulk hogan too (laughs) What a combo. David Spade, Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah. You know, throwing it back to the 90s. So that's happening, too. Also, a fun story. Rosie O'Donnell is talking to People.com about going to an Oscar party with Madonna and Dennis Hopper. Oh. Yeah. So she said that the night that this happened, she got out of a limo and everyone's going Madonna, Kathy Bates, Madonna, Kathy Bates, because everyone thought she was Kathy Bates. Getting out of the limo. Oh, <laughs> oh God.
1: okay. And that's not a compliment, maybe. Well, you know. Because Kathy Bates is probably 20 years older than
0: her. Yeah, you know, but Kathy Bates did win an Academy Award the year that she was mistaken for that for misery. And she was like, well, okay. Then they went to Spago in Beverly Hills, Wolfgang Puck's restaurants. Mm-hmm. They sat next to Dennis Hopper. At the table was Jackie Collins' sister. And then Rosie O'Donnell says Dennis Hopper leaned over and said, I had sex with two women at this table. Start your guessing. (gasps) Oh, how fun is that! Did
3: she tell us who?
0: No, we don't know who Dennis Hopper had sex with at a table at Spago. But uh, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell, remember, they've been friends for a long time. They became friends on the set of A League of Their Own, and they go back and forth with each other. So, that's all the dirt this hour. That was good. I really like that. Mm -hmm. It was a salad of a dirt alert.
3: Oh
1: yes, chef. Good. Very,
0: Very chef's
3: kiss. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, what's happening on the road? She has a theory.
1: many theories. I, I can't the believe we're going to limit it to one. I know it. I All know right. It. Well,
3: what here, you? this is kind of an interesting, right. uh, uh, what would you think if, um, someone studied and uh, actually dug into, do people prefer, how do they prefer reading books? Do they re- prefer paper or do they prefer Kindles. reading their Kindles
1: or on an iPad? Well, I'm sure this has changed. Because remember when the Kindle first came out Mm -hmm. so many years ago? um, Mm -hmm. Today, I would say it might even be 50-50.
3: Yeah, Julia, it's pretty much close to 46% of people enjoy physically turning the pages. Right. 42% prefer the feel of a physical book in their hands. Uh, One in four, they love the smell of the book. And people, 32% of people feel they're more immersed reading a paper book. Right. And uh, 16% say they remind them of libraries. And the researchers on this said it's possible that real books had a bump in the pandemic over digital reading. I, I would believe that. Because we spent, people got to doom
1: scrolling on their devices. And you wanted to get off your device and spend some time with something else. Yes. I believe that. And I don't understand why people do hardcover books anymore. They're ridiculous. Just do trade paperbacks. Julia. Uh, I just like it. I'm just okay. saying that.
3: No, you when new books come out, they usually are
1: hard. I understand. So but people just come out. insulted all, I, every author that we ever have on. A lot of people come out with trade paperbacks now as first releases, Lori. I'm just saying. It's the truth.
3: I'm appalled.
1: Right I'm not. Now. You and I like a lighter book. Let's be. No, you don't care. I right, go on. The go back Exiles. To your you just read but Green I love Valley. The exiles. Those are
3: hardback books. What are you talking about? Your theory is hogwash.
1: All right, it's mine. Yeah.
3: Okay, so but what's old is new again, and all I can think of for my theory on this is that in the, the year of COVID, people get sick of being on their tablets their computers, or computers were zooming. We were looking because even so when the, you're
1: reading you can get in, interrupted. Yes, yeah, yeah. so the
3: escape of a, a book was a trade paperback or the dreaded hardback back book is, was people liked it. I believe it. And then of course, you know, people also like listening.
0: Yes, so their books.
3: Okay, yes. so here's another uh, theory about um, the why does back. It, yeah why does uh, <laughs> th- so they always study exercise <laughs> and how how it has to do with physicality. But the University of De- Delaware wanted to find out. Okay, let's study kids that are between the ages of six and 12, and who can lear- learn the most words, new vocabulary, by doing a different sport. Oh, I okay? love this,
1: okay, oh, I love this idea. Yeah,
3: so they had, um, s- some children s- did swimming, others did like these little CrossFit exercises, okay. and the third group filled out a coloring book. Okay. okay. And the kids that were assigned to the swimming group had better vocabulary, Scored better on their vocabulary test than the other two groups. And the theory behind it is that swimming is beneficial for learning maybe other words or something because it's an automatic exercise that requires less mental energy. Because if you know how to swim, you can just get and swim and you don't have to really think about it. Or if you're doing exercising, whatever. CrossFit, CrossFit for little sure. kids are or you're f- f- coloring. coloring in a book, no mental retention. So this is good news for swimmers. I don't know if this study came out uh, because the Olympics are on, but it did appear in my journal that I love, but oh, I have gosh. a hard time reading. Which the Journal of Speech Language and Hearing Research. Mm-hmm. I try and stay up. That's to a date. very
1: popular one right now. Yeah, I try to with our it. aging nation. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm.
3: So, because they always study exercise on physical benefits, sure, and they never look at exercise and the cognitive,
1: the mental part of your brain. I love this. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so swim and do vocabulary. There you go. I failed doing my vocabulary test with my children. I should have told them to get in the pool and do laps.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Now, do you think your
3: zodiac sign can explain your taste in home decor? The stars have aligned with Americans' furniture preferences. Now, I would like you to weigh in on this and give me your theory about comfortable home decor okay. and
1: zodiac signs. All right, Grant, what's your sign? I'm a Libra, right? Uh,
2: October 16th? I think that's a Libra. Yes, right? October, yeah, a Libra. Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: All right, I just needed to know that. Mm-hmm. All okay. right. What's it say, Lori? Well, um, the most
3: popular, okay, so the most, po- okay, so these are the, the, this is what they use the decor styles vintage, rustic, industrial, Maxim maximalist and minimalist. Okay. Okay. And, um, so relaxing at home is just, you know, people enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Seven out of 10 people say they like to have a happy, a happy home. But, um, uh, I guess like cancers are more, most likely to seek advice from others before sprucing up their digs or buying anything. That is so
1: true about you. That's true about me. That's so true about
3: you. 61% of cancers will say they need, design help
1: other help right Mm
3: -hmm. but we're also more open to trying new things because we're not we're not that opinionated about okay right even though we love our homes um gemini's um they like to have new hobbies and they also like to make sure they have outdoor space and backyards okay something like that okay scorpios are the most confident about their everything. Decorating. So why wouldn't it be why about decorating? They, they just
1: think they're the bomb. Right. You know a Scorpio, they're everything. Uh, okay. Gemini's
3: also want, They are very particular about a pleasing aesthetic. Now your mom is My a Gemini. My mom is a
1: Gemini.
3: Yeah. Now, Aquarius. I thought it was
1: going to be something about how many times in a week you move around your furniture. And
3: the the sign, the sign, well that
1: could be this the sign that's most confident in their interior design skill are Aries. What month? What is that? March, April, April, May, April. I think
3: Aries,
1: Aries. is. I feel March. like it's April because March is Pisces, and right. then it goes into Aries, Aries. before Taurus. Yeah. So it's so it's March, April. Okay. Yes. And
3: Aquarians want to be the most comfortable. That's really what they care about. The let me be free people yeah. want to be comfortable.
1: Okay. Dad, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the, what do the Virgos want? I, I don't know. You tell me. You're a Virgo. Well, so this is just not even fulfilling me because you don't even have my sign or grand sign. Okay. (laughs) But we know what the Geminis want. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is... I thought you could fill that in. No. No,
3: okay. Well, I would say based on knowing you, you're a confident person uh, with your uh, home decor and you have a very good eye and zoning in. And I think Libras want... um, pleasing like they need to have based on this based on my mom
1: and my sisters libra
3: yeah they like to have like they like pictures they like mirrors they like to have mm-hmm. they, might, they like to put stuff up on the walls yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they don't That's want any empty wall space where i like empty wall space okay yeah mm-hmm. okay now here is
3: a theory um
2: Libras would, I, uh, Sorry, Libras would have great taste in design and love a beautiful and neat home is what I just yes, read here. So, yeah. like, neat home. I'll that's, take that. That's mm-hmm.
1: my, that's Catherine, our sister. i think take mm-hmm. that, She yeah. is, she's got an eye. Yes. Yep. Okay, um,
3: skip the drama. Researchers have cracked the appeal of feel-good movies. Now, this could have been under, duh, but, okay. um. Um, again, I've referenced this institute before, the Max Planck Institute for Empirical Aesthetics. I just did it the other day. You I'm did, always looking at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And um so because sometimes you want a feel-good movie. Oh, not a lot, yes. Right. So more
2: often than not, for sure on me.
3: Right. And everyone has favor, you know, so for some people it might be
0: Pretty sure that's JLo lo And P.S. The person behind all of this
2: is Chris Jenner,
0: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
2: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
3: The main thing with a feel-good movie is that there are no shocking plot twists in a feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. Even in a tense moment, there's an overall lightness to the story. The audience knows no one is going to die. It's like a good book. No one is going Mm -hmm. to suffer. There will not be a horrible fate. There will not be a a sad ending. Yep, A delicate mix of everything creates a feel-good movie. And why do
1: we watch them? Well, we watch them, duh, to feel good. I give you the Hallmark Channel. That's right. I give you the Hallmark Channel, Christmas movies, Halloween movies, summer movies, anything. Another, But they have of-
3: to be done well of to course. have the intended effects. A bad movie is a bad movie no matter
1: what. I would agree. Yeah. All I right. would agree. But it's like a book, an easy book that you know is going to have a happy ending.
3: Yeah. A feel-good book. Yeah.
1: You feel good. Mm-hmm. In hardcover or in trade paperback. <laughs> we weigh in on that. I can't believe you dissed. I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying sometimes you want to trade. All right. Right. Listen, we'll be right back. Thanks, Grant. Um, Yeah, okay,
3: so just a couple things before we head off for the night. To the sunset. To the the hazy, and I guess it's, it's a clear sky, that smoky haze we have going on. It's, it's unbelievable.
2: It looks like there's fog out there right now. Yeah. It's yeah, creepy. It's
3: crazy. Okay, the Twin Cities Salvation Army just started its annual back-to-school drive, and they collect uh, backpacks and school supplies yep. for kids whose parents are having financial challenges. So that just kicked off today. Okay. And we've got some uh, Britney
1: Spears news. Yes. Uh, give it to us, Julie. Okay, so the um, headline is Britney Spears doctors say Jamie must go according to personal conservator. So the battle, you know, that's been going on and on. But um, Jody, the conservator, wants Jamie out of the conservatives, and the doctors agree, and this is new legal documents. Um, Jody is officially joining Brittany's bid to remove Jamie as a conservator and, and her estate. And the docs, Jody says, say it's in Brittany's best interest for Jamie to be sent parking or packing. Uh, the medical team wants him out. It's a huge development could, that could end. Um Jamie's role as conservatorship. If her medical doctors and therapists think Jamie's presence is tormenting Brittany, yeah, that is. is probably enough for the judge to boot him from the conservative. Jody yeah. makes it clear in the doc. She wants Jason Rubin to be appointed conservatorship of her estate in place of Jamie. So this is, this isn't, this is, it just keeps going.
3: Yeah. I, I was like, watching entertainment tonight. I watched it this morning from yesterday and her attorney was leaving the courthouse. So it was from the day before and he Stood on the steps and he spoke, and he just said, "We want him out, and we right. are going to investigate him." I mean, he used very, I was like very stern language, very stern. And I yep. thought Brittany is probably so happy she finally has a lawyer who's working for her, right, instead of her dad. And when I think, I hope that they investigate that attorney. Oh,
1: Oh, one hundred years, he and the dad, and her. the dad. Yeah, well, absolutely, it's, it's so many years of her life. It's something, so just the governor just announced that Minnesota is going to be offering $100 if you get your COVID-19 shot between today and August 15th. Mm-hmm. But you need to sign up at, uh, register at the at the Minnesota State website. Um, if you just go to mn.gov backslash covid get vaccinated get a hundred bucks you know for some reason you haven't had a chance to do it yet what a great incentive yeah What's no there. kidding you can go do it claim your prize you know starting wednesday um august 4th so yeah. eligibility begins right away and you get a hundred dollar visa gift card yeah i want that. this this delta variant is very i mean it's people it's, are trying to nip it in the in bud, the bud. Mm-hmm. trying to nip it going, in the bud before the fair yeah, that's uh, right 100 mm-hmm. percent. a
2: little scary there yeah, um, yeah.
1: All right, so tonight we've got some exciting things to watch. At we have the trampoline, Julia. Trampoline g- jumping trampoline is a gymnastic sport.
3: <laughs> yes, it is. They're kind of amazing. Don't you remember the first time you did a trampoline in gym class?
1: We didn't have those in gym, Laurie. You didn't? No. We did.
2: You mean like the little like exercise. No, oh, like the big no, one. No, my dad had the oh, little wow. exercise. No, a, a, the
1: only time was I was in on a gym class. Oh, we didn't have that. Oh yeah. yeah. No. And, and, and they it were was... deemed dangerous by the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, we lived in Japan sure. and we went to this, everyone jumps over there. Yeah,
3: and it was, I don't know, a military we went to school on base and yeah. never yeah. did that. Never ever did that in Japan. And you had to do this jump where you jumped up and then you landed on your butt and then you stood up and And then you had landed and then you had to twist and turn and land the other way. And I was absolutely terrible. I was as bad at that as I was at climbing up the rope. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I, I always fell backwards. Okay. And I, my sister who was little and light, you know, she could just twist and spin and I was just like, is there ever going to be anything? And you know, and then I discovered Badminton,
2: (laughs) badminton, badminton. But then
1: you left because you joined the team and it was too competitive. (laughs) Well, by high school, I aged out. My backyard
3: (laughs) skills did
1: not
2: did not fit the high school state high school league. No. Mm We had I was I was in gymnastics as a young boy for a long time and when they finally let us get strapped in with the big tramp and they would have guys with ropes that would you they'd pull you up as you bounce to help you learn how to do the do big it. flips and oh, everything said right. you harness
1: like they, like so what they you're do at the fair the Oh yeah
2: I watch everything gymnastics I did it for oh that was the first sport one of the first sports I ever did my grandpa was like the key to all sports is flexibility and gymnastics teaches you all of that so, Really Yeah did I, you
1: and you were a wrestler though that was the big That one, was my big it?
2: thing eventually wrestling became but for football for everything flexibility is key and gymnastics i was at north shore club out in Orno for there a long time and it was it was a blast so can you haven't...
1: still do like a round off and a flip and all that
2: yeah i could do a back flip back and you were on your back yeah but i, I when can i still do it when i yeah i can pull it out absolutely mm-hmm.
1: all right nice yeah. Yeah, yeah, so i'm kind of excited
3: to see the trampoline i forgot all about the trampoline uh thing and then i don't know of course we're going to watch the women's gymnastics. of course I don't, know, I don't know if there's any more swimming Probably there's more swimming,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know. Boy,
1: there's a lot of events. I sw- really
3: appreciate the divers and their teeny, teeny, tiny little uh, okay. loose knuckle covering oh, that they had on. So, okay, so wait a minute.
1: So the one <laughs> they they're are so little. They well, are. they're a little. Speedy. They're like it's like just tiny. It's the one. Did you see the diver? It was a it was a synchronized diving team, and the one guy was so bow legged, oh. but with huge thighs. Yeah, but so bow legged that it was. Heart, it looked like he was off balance. He was so bull legged. I've never like you could dive through his legs.
3: Right. That's a, that's it, called uh, the Popeye the Sailor Man, don't go <laughs> swimming with
1: bull legged women. Toot toot. <laughs> the Popeye the Sailor Man. Do you that's a that sex trick. <laughs> of yeah. course. I'm Popeye, Popeye the, the Sailor, Sailor man. man. I live in, in a garbage and I love to go swimming with bull legged women. I'm Popeye, Popeye the Sailor <laughs> Man. I mean, but I thought for the sport, I wouldn't pick a... It just looks so but off. But when you're...
3: It, as long Although as you keep me your, your toes... Okay, I'm an expert diver. Um, as long as your toes this. are together, I know. That's right. That's I know. Right. And, you know, then when they do that that somersault, they're splayed out anyway. Right. A little bit. You know, the way they hold their legs. Because from that one view, you know, you're like, whoa, whoa. look at that. Right. That seems like an ungainly position, but yet...
1: It it goes, it, so fast. it goes so fast. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go.